Happy Easter. So my name is Father Sean Kilcauley, and I'm a priest of the Diocese of Lincoln. And it's a great joy to be with you all here this morning uh, to celebrate our Lord's resurrection. And, and I often come here to the Basilica of St. John uh, because my brother lives here in town. And so, and in Lincoln, I'm in charge of the family life office and I'm in residence at a parish. And so, um, so this year for the Triduum, I was actually in three different churches for each of the days. Um, but it's nice to be able to come and visit. And I was thinking about this because last week, my brother came to visit me. And it was the first time in about 20 years that a family member came to visit me. Because when you're a priest, like, nobody comes to visit you because there's nothing to do and there's no food in the refrigerator. And, and so, so, but he came to visit me. And I remember feeling, like, really excited about it as I was thinking about him coming. And, um, and, and, I, and I was like, wow, this is strange. I'm really excited for him to come. Because when I come here, I'm kind of like, oh, I got to get up really early and drive to Des Moines. I get to see my nieces. That'll be fun. But there was something about him coming to me. It was almost like being surprised by it. You know, in Italian, the, the way that they say to go and visit somebody is to go to find them. Like, to go to find them. As if that person is lost, and then they're found. And there's this sort of great joy when we've been lost and we're found.
And that's really what we celebrate as we celebrate Easter. We celebrate this joy of being lost and being found. And in the readings today, everybody is sort of surprised by the way that our Lord has come to find us. We're surprised by love. In the Gospel reading, Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb early in the morning and she discovers that the tomb is empty and, and so she runs back and she tells the apostles and then Peter and John take off running and John moves faster than Peter. Which is really interesting when we think about who they are. And John was the youngest of the apostles, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Everywhere in the Gospels, he's simply abiding in the Lord's love, right? abiding in his love. So at the Last Supper, when Jesus predicts that somebody will betray him, Peter starts thinking to himself, well, who is it going to be? Is it going to be me? Is it going to be somebody else? Who's it going to be? Trying to figure it out. And John's just kind of reclining on our Lord's breast. Confident that it wouldn't be him. After Jesus is arrested, Peter denies that he even knows Jesus three times. And then he kind of goes off and disappears. But John remains with our Lord even through the hardest time of our Lord's passion and death. From the beginning, Jesus calls Peter, and Peter says, Get away from me, I'm a sinful man. And our Lord continues to invite Peter to call him to greatness. And Peter's sort of always back and forth and back and forth. And I imagine John just sort of following our Lord freely. And so throughout the Gospels, John is the one who always knows who he is. Peter is the one who's coming to know who he is. And so Hans Urs von Balthasar, he talks about how love outruns office. That John's moved by love as he runs to the tomb. And we know that Peter eventually comes to know this. He comes to know, he comes to be surprised by love. Especially when they encounter the risen Christ on the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus says to him, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my sheep. And he eventually does have an encounter with our Lord that transforms his heart and we see witness of that in the way he preaches in the Acts of the Apostles as he calls thousands to conversion. And so for ourselves too, as we celebrate this Easter Sunday, one of the questions we have to ask ourselves is, am I moved by love yet? Am I moved by love yet? 
know, the Lenten season was a season of sort of renouncing things that get in the way of our relationship with our Lord. And many, many Lenten seasons, I've renounced things like television or chocolate or something like that. And then Easter comes and I'm like binging on television and chocolate. Or the way that we approach fasting, sometimes we have these like great Catholic traditions like Holy Thursday at 11.30 p.m. I was eating a Big Mac. Holy Saturday morning at 12.06 I was eating a pizza. And sometimes we give things up for the sake of disciplining ourselves, for the sake of saying, oh, this is really in the way, and I'm really a sinner, and I just, I need to, I need to get some control over myself so that I can give myself to our Lord. Which is different from surrendering our heart to Him. That's different from surrendering our heart to Him. You know, one thing says, that I need to discipline myself. The other one says, I cannot discipline myself and therefore I have to surrender to our Lord's love. I have to surrender to his mercy. You know, in a particular way, this, this Lent and Easter season has been this moment in which on a very personal level, I've, I've experienced our Lord is coming to find me. You know, I started off Lent thinking to myself, well, I should probably give up like TV and alcohol for Lent. And then it was like the day after Ash Wednesday, I had a flight and I got on the plane and I found myself drinking a beer and watching a movie. I was like, oh, I failed like on the day one. What the heck? And then it was about two weeks into Lent that our Lord just kind of reached into my life and he said, I want you to give these things up for good. Like, they're in the way. I just want you to surrender them to me. And it was about four weeks ago that I sort of surrendered those things to our Lord. And the experience of that was something that was completely different. The experience of that was, okay, I cannot discipline myself with regard to these things. I can only surrender and admit that I'm powerless and I'm a sinner and I need our Lord's love. And then I found myself being more drawn into prayer every day. And those times at the end of the day when I feel like I need to escape or do some recreation or indulge in entertainment because my day's been really hard, I find myself just sort of longing to be with our Lord who's entered into my life in order to fill that space in my heart. And that's the goal of the Christian life is to be moved, moved by love. And when we go back to the gospel, the first person to go to the tomb was Mary Magdalene, who had received the most mercy, who had been most surprised by our Lord's love for her. Then John, who knew our Lord's love for him, and then finally Peter, 
who is in that process of learning. And it's what our Lord wants to communicate to each and every one of us, that we're all called to surrender our life to Him so that He can then enter into our life and make it complete and bring it to fulfillment and give us the joy that He has promised us from all time. And today we remember when we first entered into relationship with Him, that moment of our baptism in which the Holy Spirit entered into our hearts for the first time. And we're all going to renew our baptismal promises. And as we do so, I'd invite you to be really intentional about it. And when you're asked the question, do you renounce Satan, to, to be intentional about the fact that I'm renouncing all of the sin in my life, all of the sin that I've ever committed. I'm recognizing that I'm powerless over sin. Do you renounce all of his works? To be intentional about the fact that I'm renouncing all of the sins that were ever committed against me, all of the resentments that I hold in my heart, all of the unforgiveness that I hold, all of the judgment and comparison that I have in my life. Because I'm powerless over those things. And all his empty show, all his empty promises, all of the lies that we start to believe about ourselves, that the lie that I can find salvation on my own, or the lie that I'm not good enough, or I'm not worthy enough yet, or it's not possible for me to be free. I renounce all of that because I'm powerless over that way of thinking. And then as we affirm our faith and we say that we believe in God, that we believe in Jesus Christ, that we believe in the Holy Spirit, that we're going to entrust ourselves there to place ourselves in our Lord's hands, to allow our Lord to transform our hearts and to do what He wants to do. So that like Mary Magdalene, like the beloved disciple, like Peter in the Acts of the Apostles, that we be moved by love towards our Lord. That his life and his resurrection become real to us. That we bear witness to them in every thought, word, and work of our lives, that we give witness to them, to each and every person we encounter.